Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. And I'm not sure if this is something women here in general, I think maybe it is, but that's especially what I was told growing up is, you know, just sing, be nice, be pretty, you know, let the men do the business. And when I came back realizing that, you know, men had taken a lot of money out of my business, the managers, the, you know, agents. And I realized, no, I want to get into business. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Welcome back, friends. Dave Trotter here. So excited to have you with me for this inspiring episode of Inspiration Rising. Today, we're talking about PR. Yes, we are. And it's not your friend's personal record at their CrossFit gym. Yes, we know they like to post pictures of how awesome they are getting that personal record. Okay, no, we're talking about public relations. We're talking about how you can be seen as an industry leader with attention getting PR. Now, I'm going to tell you at least once a week, I get a pitch on Instagram from someone who I don't follow, trying to get me to be featured as a top 10 business consultant in so-and-so magazine and so-and-so newspaper. Here's the deal. This is not legitimate PR. Although I will tell you, I've been very tempted to purchase that uh, so-called publicity. And I may do it someday just for fun, but, but it's not legit PR. Okay, what these people are doing They are so-called, well, they call themselves PR companies or uh, so-called journalists. And for a price, they will include you in a top 10 list of top 10 coaches, top 10 health consultants, top 10 mortgage brokers, top 10 real estate agents, blah, 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 in uh, online magazines, online websites, Obviously, a website is online. Okay, let's just say on a website that sounds fancy, okay? And then you can put that fancy-sounding company or logo on your website to look and say, hey, look at how awesome I am. I've been featured in Kajorbs. I know it sounds like Forbes. It wasn't actually Forbes, but it was Kajorbs. That's not real, but that's what it kind of it's like. And that's not legit PR, you guys. And if you have people that, you know, say I've been featured in so-and-so, yeah, it's because they paid $500, 1000 or $2,500 
to have that happen. So today we're talking about legitimate coverage about how you and your business are doing great things in the world. And I had the privilege of talking with Victoria Kennedy. She is the owner and CEO of Victorious PR, which is a media agency that helps entrepreneurs, real estate brokerages, mortgage companies, solar businesses, blah, 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 all the people get featured in industry-specific publications. Now, she has a strategy that she is going to share with you that will work for you. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you really want to get some great PR, you can work with a PR agency like Victoria's, and they will help you because they have contacts and they have the ways of writing the press releases and getting the pitches and all the things, okay? Uh, this is legitimate public relations. So I'm excited for you to hear about Victoria's journey, as well as all her tips and strategies of how you can get legitimate PR for you and your business. All right, let's jump in to my conversation with Victoria. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So I want to talk uh, for a minute as we begin about your journey into PR, because I know that wasn't necessarily, I don't know, was that the thing in kindergarten or first grade that when they said, what do you want to be when you grew up? And you said, I want to be in PR. Or was that not the case? (laughs) You know, I don't know if anybody listening to this is doing the thing that they said they wanted to do when they were five. And maybe that's a good thing because maybe we all shouldn't be, you know, astronauts or... (laughs) Whatever I said I wanted it is to be a trash, man. I no, to be a trash man. Yeah, you yeah, did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I, I think you probably like what you're doing better now than if you were I do. a trash man. And you know what's ironic is I love um, vintage items and like finding things on the side of the road and repurposing them or using them in our home or something. Ah. Um, so I think maybe deep down, I knew inside I liked old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my story is very similar. Even when I grew up, I always wanted to be an opera singer and I actually became an opera singer. (laughs) That's so I, I'm one of those kids where I said I was going to do it and I did it, you know? Um, but yeah, I'll tell you my story, how this relates to PR, but yeah, you asked me about that. And that was my thing, you know, and growing up, I mean, my family loved country Western. (laughs) So I listened to a lot of Patsy Cline, Tammy Wynette, all that, which is great. I love country. But for me, I heard opera at 11 years old and I just fell in love. I thought that was the most beautiful music in the world. And so I started singing opera, was good at it, had an opera career. You know, I sang Christine in Phantom of the Opera. I did Opera Las Vegas, Opera Los Angeles. Um, it It was amazing. You know, but here's the thing is that nobody tells you about singing, not opera, but any music in general, unless you have somebody buying your music you are singing for your supper. Okay. You are, (laughs) you're starving. Right. So it became very important for me very early on to realize how important relationships are, how important a story brand is, how important my personal identity, my brand is in order to get people to show up to my concerts by my music. Right. Mm. So I was, I was building this superpower, not even knowing it just really was, this is what I need to do in order to build my career. So when I had to, I was, I ended up going to Europe because, 
you know, shocker, they prefer classical music more than Americans. You know, I know it's shocker. Um, but I went over there and I lived there for two and a half years. I had a number one hit single on the classical charts. And I spent years touring in castles and cathedrals singing my music. It was it was wonderful. It was a dream come true. And then, of course, the, the fairy tale bursts as it does. And uh, the government wouldn't renew my visa. Had to come back to America and uh, kind of start all over, you know, and I think this is a familiar story. I think especially during maybe COVID, a lot of people have the same story where it's, you know, I was doing what I loved or I was happy doing whatever I was doing. And then, you know, boom, something happened. life happens. Yeah. Right. You know, life happened and I'm come back to America. Here's the thing. Opera jobs are not on every corner, right? They're <laughs> right. very hard to come by. And also I had no life skills. You know, my whole life up until that point was singing. So I wasn't even qualified to run a cash register at McDonald's. You know, I didn't have any skills. And I think that that's what a lot of people also feel as well is like, yeah, I've been doing the same thing my whole life. Now that skill is no longer required. That job is dead. What do I do now? Mm -hmm. You know, where do I go? What kind of skills do I have? You know, and then you start digging you start really digging of what makes me me. What is my superpower? What did I do at that job or in that career that was so special that gave me fulfillment? You know, for me, it was, okay, what can I possibly do right now? And I, it was very important for me to like, I did music my whole life and I want to do business now. I want to be really good at business because my whole life people told me, oh, why don't you just get on stage and sing? And isn't that nice? You wear the pretty gowns and, oh, you know, you don't have a head for business. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure if this is something women here in general, I think maybe it is, but that's especially what I was told growing up yeah. is, you know, just sing, be nice, be pretty, you know, let the men do the business. Mm -hmm. And when I came back realizing that, you know, men had taken a lot of money out of my business, the managers, the, you know, agents. Mm -hmm. And I realized, no, I want to get into business. How old, I were, can you do this. You, how old were you when you start started, uh, when you, when you came back to the U S and kind of was starting to transition? Uh, about 28. So it hasn't okay. been that long. Mm -hmm. um, so came back and, but of course, 28, I mean, 30 and you're over the hill in the music industry, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So there was that uh, fear as well, not fear, but just reality, you know? And I thought, I want to do this. I want to get into business. I don't care what it is, but I just want to do something that I can be proud of myself that isn't relying on my voice, my looks, nothing except for my work ethic. Mm -hmm. I started doing real estate marketing and I chose real estate because what happens when you can no longer perform? What do you do? You become a real estate agent, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so a lot of my friends were real estate agents because they were former performers. And so I told them, Hey, I can run some ads from you. I can do your marketing for you. Right. So that's how I got my first couple of clients. Well, it blew up in nine months. I had already reached six figures. Wow. You know, and I thought, okay, I'm good at this. I know if I can just put my nose to the grind and get this done, I can do this. Um, I actually got approached by a seven figure company to be the CEO of their real estate marketing. Things were going great. Then COVID happened, right? Mm -hmm. Same story as everyone hears. And I went back to my roots. I thought, look, all my clients are now on pause. What am I going to do? I'm going to do what I've always done, which is reach out to magazines and publications and show these real estate agents that I'm the person they should trust mm -hmm. with their marketing. Mm -hmm. So within six months, I mean, not six months, it was 60 days, actually. Within 60 days, I was a contributor to the number one real estate publication in the world. 
I was asked to be a brand ambassador for their program and to speak on stage to over 1000 realtors Hmm. in 60 days. Right. Because I realized that so many people, they have a business, they never think about going to industry specific publications. Mm -hmm. So many times they think, oh, you know, what's going to really make me pop is if I'm on Forbes. Well, I'm sorry if you're, if you're selling to, you know, dog trainers or if you, you know, you're selling to fitness coaches, they're not reading Forbes. So that's an ego boost for you, but that's not necessarily going to make you seen as an expert in the eyes of your audience. Right, right, right. So I took it the other route and was like, where are real estate agents reading? What did they look? What is their authority? Which was in Manus, which is why I went after them. So I realized that was my thing. If I could get my clients in industry-specific publications, that would be the greatest win for them and for myself because I'd be actually making them industry leaders of what really counts for their industry. So my marketing friends took notice of my success. They asked me to do it for them. I thought I'd do a quick beta just to see if I liked it, if it worked. The beta went so well. Some of those beta clients are still with me a year later, Mm. you know, which is fantastic. And so from then it it just popped. Like I found my superpower. I found my thing. So within three months, we'd already made over six figures and we're on the seven figure run right now, which is amazing. 10 employees, 30 clients, you know, helping people in niches all across the spectrum and making people actually industry leaders. So it's, it's been a great ride. <laughs> yeah. What an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, were you uh, focused on media coverage when you were a singer? Was that something that you were interested in or is it more a shift when you your singing career trying to transition out? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was definitely interested in that. And um, you know, many ways people are, are singers and, and there's many different ways to fill a concert right? For me, it was, I'm going to get into the local press. So for me, it was always very natural to think of press as being my best friend. Press is going to help me get to my objections and achieve my goals. So anytime I did a concert, be it in my hometown, a different city I'd never been into, I'd contact the local press and I'd say, look, here's my story. Here's why I think you should run it in your papers. You know, I'd I was always really good at angles. If he like local star returns or, you know, international American opera singer sings in this Italian uh, castle, right? So it was always, I had an, I had a knack for finding a, an angle and then pitching it, getting it into press and then having my concerts be sold out, you know? Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the value of PR versus you know, all the other approaches to getting your word, getting the word out there, getting your name out there, you know, whether it's marketing via Facebook ads, Instagram ads, um, doing uh, podcast interviews, doing um, summits, you know, I mean, there's just so many ways for business owners who are listening to go, like, I can use all these methods. Why is PR a good method? Like sell them on that. Well, absolutely. I wouldn't just say it's a good method. It is the best and only method if you want to be the number one market leader in your industry. And I'm going to tell you why. Anybody with a dollar can run a paid ad. Okay. And guess what? They're doing it. (laughs) They're doing it. You know, anybody who has a little bit of money can put on an ad. That's not going to make you an industry leader. I'm sorry. You can run ads to your blue in the face, but guess what? So is everyone else. It's not going to make you any different than uh, your competitor because they're running ads too. So how are you going to be different? The only way you're going to be different and actually seen as the number one authority to your audience is if you get into publications that they actually care about 
and that they see holds value in their industry. That's the only way you're going to have market share. Now, don't get me wrong. You can have a great business, you know, a great business model, but you're always going to get that objection. Why should I go with you? You're basically selling what your competitor is selling, you know, and heaven forbid, if I Google your name and your competitor pops up, you're really in a lot of trouble. You need to own Google. You need to own your keywords. You need to be associated with domains and with websites that your audience actually cares about. And the only way to do that is through PR. Mm-hmm. Now, I get pitched um, from time to time by people saying, uh, pay me a certain amount and your article will be on Forbes, you know, online or Yahoo Finance Ugh, or different websites. Yeah. So, you know, it's anywhere from a thousand to twenty five hundred, maybe five grand if it's Forbes or something. Um, and those those uh, individuals actually do get those articles online. What is the difference between PR f- coming from, you know, I don't know, just tell me the difference between yeah. like the PR that you're pitching versus the PR they're pitching? And I'm so glad you asked this question, David. Thank you so much. Because a lot of people, I mean, I think everybody listening to this has had a a message in the DM in their Instagram from someone probably not in America. Maybe their English is a little bad. Just saying, just pay me a couple thousand and I can get you into Forbes. You know, I can get you into entrepreneur, all these different things. And people buy it. And you're right. They do it. Here's the thing. It's not about where you get in. It's about the brand strategy. It's about the story you are telling your audience. If you've never gotten press before, and then tomorrow, all of a sudden you're in Forbes and you tell your audience, look, I just got into Forbes. Look at me. I'm sorry, but that smells like a cheat from a mile away. You look like a liar and a cheat. Like you bought your way into it. And they may say, oh, congratulations. But you know what they're saying behind your back? You're not an authentic person. You know it, they know it, everybody knows it. You didn't do it the right way. That's not how you do it. And that's the very opposite. How do these people actually get that into Forbes? And it doesn't even say sponsored content usually. They just, well, I'm not going to tell their secrets, but there's ways. Let's just say that there's ways. Here's what you actually want to do. You want to build yourself up the right way. You want to tell and take your audience with you on that journey of credibility You want to stall with my clients. We start small. Look, we're going to start the small publications and we're going to get you to Forbes. Absolutely. We're going to do it the right way, right? We're going to take your audience on this journey with you. We're going to tell your story and we're going to make it grow so that you deserve to get into Forbes. Because if you get into it, it's because you earned it, not because you bought it, right? So we build it up slowly. Their audience sees, hey, I got into digital journal. That's awesome. Hey, I'm on a podcast. Hey, really cool. Hey, I'm just on this local publication. That's really cool. Hey, I got Forbes. That's amazing. I've been following your journey, man, since you were on Digital Journal and down to see you here. Congratulations. I saw your entire journey. I read it through all the articles that I were written about you. Now you have fans for life. Now you have cheerleaders that have followed you on your journey that are helping spread the message of why you're the industry leader. Mm-hmm. Press is nothing without that leverage. Mm-hmm. Now you've mentioned uh, several times the angle, the story, the certain, you know, way of couching your brand story. Um, I've, I've pitched a lot of, uh, local press for events that I would have done. I've been, I was a pastor for over 10 years and I did a lot of big events. I got, uh, media coverage, you know, Los Angeles, uh, TV news, and it's always the angle, right? It's something Mm -hmm. unique and different. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how would someone, 
Um, well, I mean, take me for instance. I am a business coach. I primarily coach women, um, but there are a bazillion business coaches and life coaches out there, right? In the same way that there are a bazillion real estate agents out there. Mm-hmm. How would someone such as myself like develop a story that was of interest? Like, Take us through that process. How do you help somebody think through their story? Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing too. It's always important to have a third party look at your story from the outside, you know, because we think we know ourselves and we think we know the story. So many times I get on calls with clients and they're like, oh, Victoria, I know my story. This is the angle. This is my story. And it's never right. I mean, whatever you think it is, I'm like, okay, that's interesting that you think that. Okay, cool. But I'm just going to, I just want to hear it all. Just tell, this is how I do it. I'm like, look, no filters, don't feel ashamed. Like I'm your publicist that don't, nothing's off the table. Just tell, tell me all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's the thing people start opening up to. And then I find out, ah, that's the angle. It's always the thing that you're most ashamed of, or the thing that you think, oh, nobody cares about that. Cause I was actually a struggle or nobody cares about this. That's what they care about. How are you human? How can you use your humanity to connect with people? Here's the thing. How many articles, nobody cares that you're a seven figure business owner. I'm sorry. Seven figure is not a personality. Money is not, money is not an, a personality. Okay. That's, that's not going to get you published anywhere. What is though, is the fact that you're a former pastor. Like to me, my mind as a publicist, I'm like, Oh, I can do something with that. You know, like for sure, the fact that you, you are a former pastor. So you know how to, what's that? Not like pastor. Yeah. Like pastor uses verb. This former pastor can pastor women into creating successful businesses for themselves because you've had that expertise, because you've helped people probably with marriages, with family crisis, you know, because you've been so close to a higher power, you know how to empathize with people and help them break through their barriers because you've broken through probably the most intense barriers in a religious setting. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's in a powerful angle, you know, but mm-hmm. it's things like that, that maybe people don't look at when they're so in it themselves. Sure. Sure. Okay. So PR agency like yourself, mm-hmm. right. And I know you offer, like you will take someone on and become their publicist, but you also offer some courses that are, you know, uh, providing them kind of a DIY. What's the, what's the, what's the upside and downside of PR agency versus kind of do it yourself? Yeah. Well, the upside with the done for you is obviously you're leveraging all of our connections, right? We've, I have tons of connections across any single niche you can possibly think of, because I've just been in this industry for a long time. But when you do it yourself, you know, you have to build all these connections yourself. Right. So that's the thing. Like I can, I can show you and I do, we have a coaching program where I give you every script. I even start you off with emails that you can start sending to places that accept contributor titles. Like I give you everything you possibly need, but at the same time, you got to do the hard work, right? You Mm -hmm. have to establish these relationships. Whereas if you pay someone like myself do for you, you're already leveraging a connection. I already have, I can say, Hey, Jim, I got another client for you. This one's amazing. Right. So then it's an easier in as opposed to, hi, my name is Sally. No, you've never met me, but you know, trying to start that relationship. Right. Right. So let's just say somebody does want to do kind of the DIY process. What is, what are, what are some of the key steps that people need to be aware of? Yeah. Well, it's, what do you want to say? Where do you want to go? 
right? So I think a lot of people are like, I need press, but they don't know what that means for them. They immediately think Forbes entrepreneur, I need this. No, 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 no. Like actually, what is your audience reading? Let's start there. The most powerful press you can get for yourself is industry specific. And that's a lot easier to get than it is to get these huge publications, Inc., TechCrunch. Those are a lot harder. So start where your audience actually is. If you're a wellness coach, you know, maybe Mind Valley Green, Elephant mm-hmm. Journal, uh, Real Simple, you know, those publications, figure out what are they writing about? What does their editorial calendar look like? You know, in, coming up this summer, do they usually try to talk about, you know, um, summer tans or whatever? I'm not sure, whatever your niche is, but mm-hmm. look at what they're interested in and then mm-hmm. say, hey, look, I've been seeing you've been writing a lot about this. I have a piece that falls in line with that, that I think would be really great for your audience. Whenever you pitch, remember, it's not about what's in it for you. It's about how you can serve the editor and the readers. Mm -hmm. And the editor is most interested in a unique angle, unique story. They're most interested in what their audience wants to read. Is mm-hmm. there always thinking, is my audience going to appreciate this article? Are they going to read it? Are they going to like it? Are they going to share it? You know, so if you can have something that's either like, I love thought leadership pieces. I'm a big fan of that. So, you know, anything that's giving advice to the audience, you know, three things you need to avoid when starting your own business, if you're a business mm-hmm. coach, or, you know, three, uh, three simple tips to uh, make your workflow more productive. But anything that's like, oh, I want to read that. That sounds really interesting. I know my audience would love to read that. Then, yeah. And so you're approaching press. You have not mentioned this up to this point in this way as a thought leader providing an article so that you're a contributor versus getting a publication to do like a feature piece on you and your business. I off- I actually offer both. So in, in our packages, we we offer our clients 12 publications guaranteed. And they're a mixture of profile pieces. So that is pieces about them, promotional, about what they do, thought leadership pieces, which is industry specific. So they're actually showing their value to their own audience, as well as podcasts, because podcasts are so important to give you a space to tell your story in your own words. Mm -hmm. Okay. So first of all, I need to know what I want to say, where I want to say it. So you're saying industry specific. And now... Does does previous press help me get future press? Like, is there a way to kind of leverage somehow like, hey, I've done this, you know, or this has been where I've been featured. Does that like matter to people as you're kind of scaling up to bigger publications? Oh, I love that you mentioned that. Yes, absolutely. So one of the first, that's why we start with small press so that we can have something to pitch the bigger press to. So anything that you can come with that you've already been in is a step up. Any press that you've already done, speaking gig, award you've won, that totally helps build your credibility because with press, it's all a credibility game. So the more you can show them, I've already been published here, you know, I've won an award here, the greater chances you are of getting published. But of course, at the end of the day, it comes down to, is it an interesting angle that their audience is going to read? Mm-hmm. Now, I know for a lot of the women that I work with, this whole idea of uh, just pitching yourself and being so aggressive in going after, I mean, this is, it may not be emotionally aggressive, but like the process, it's very, pretty intense. Like I'm pitching myself, here we go. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, it sounds like you don't have a 
challenge doing that, but I know a lot of other people would like that would feel really overwhelming to them. Um, Can I just say something about that though? Yeah, I would course. look at is it though you're not pitching yourself, you're privi- you're pitching your value to the marketplace. You're pitching your value, especially in the thought leadership pieces. It's I have something really valuable that I want to offer mm-hmm. for free to your audience because I know they'd really benefit from it. And if you if you look at it that way and say this is my moral obligation, I know about business. I know you know these top three things that you know, women mistakes, women make all the time or their insecurities that they have. And this is how to overcome them. And if you go to the editor and say, look, I have something valuable. I know your audience loves business. I know you speak to women. I know this, uh, this piece would be so valuable to your audience. Then you, you can take yourself out of it. At that point, it's no ego. You're actually just providing real value to your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and this seems like this would take a lot of time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like really (laughs) reaching out and trying to develop relationships. And then obviously if it's an online article that could be published, I would think relatively quickly, maybe a month or so, but um, what are the timelines on publications, both online and um, print? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, PR is, is relationship building, right? So any relationship, being it friendship, business, or otherwise, it, it takes time, you know, to to cultivate these relationships. And as far as how long the timeline goes, it really just depends. Typically, the bigger the publication, the longer it is out for publication. Like you know, places like Vogue, Cosmopolitan, Al Vogue, they're all they could be six to eight months out. Right. You know, so like some of those magazines, they're better homes and gardens, for example, they're working on their Christmas magazine in the summer, mm-hmm. you know, sure. so knowing that before you pitch, like knowing what their editorial calendar is, that's really important. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about TEDx and how that somehow intersects with this, because TED and TEDx have become such a huge kind of marker on people's, you know, uh, their resume. Um, I know you've had a TEDx speech. Um, how does TEDx play into this? Yeah, actually, TEDx is the single greatest thing as far as speaking goes and authority building goes, you can do. It's mm-hmm. such a special, oh, I can't even describe it. It's such a special experience to be able to share your idea on the TEDx stage and then have that for life. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much clout that goes along with that. It's probably the most recognizable stage that there is in the world. You know, and being able to do that to really, so I'm an expert in what I do and here's my, you know, my story to prove it. I mean, there's nothing better than that to have that proof, you know, to have that social proof. It's incredible. What we do is we pitch our clients to TEDx stages, actually, if they're on our longer six, 12 month packages, because then we have time, obviously, because it does take time. Um, we're able to pitch our clients and we'll, we've been in talks with a couple of our clients about getting them on the TEDx stage currently, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So Victoria, if people want to work with you either as their publicist, or you've got some courses that are coming out, um, tell us how how can we do that? Yeah. You just go to victoriouspr.com and there's everything you need to know on the website, but also, you know, most importantly, I am a relationship person, as you know, I love doing business person to person. And I love chatting with people. So if anybody, if you have any questions and you don't like websites, you want to ask me something personally, please find me on Facebook, 
find me on Instagram, drop me a line, say you heard me on David's podcast and you had some questions and I'm totally willing to help with whatever you need. Oh, that's great. And of course, uh, Instagram and LinkedIn and all the, all the places, uh, we'll link to victoriouspr.com and all of the, uh, Instagram and social media links will be in the show notes as well. You can just swipe up on your phone now and you can find those. So Victoria, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your journey and sharing some insights. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949-401-6090. That's 949-401-6090. Just say, hey, Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity. Mm -hmm.